Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. Standing out in a sea of sameness. It's one of the harder things to do for any business, any entrepreneur, is how do you differentiate yourself? How do you look different, look better, be more attractive to your prospect than the person around the corner? Whether you're a hard, hardware store or a chiropractor, there's one down the store. How does your stand out? That's what we're going to talk about, among other things, today on the Entrepreneur's MBA. I am your host, Adam Kipnis. I appreciate you being here and listening on C-Suite Radio. I also want to do a big thank you to my sponsor, The Wine Ambassador, which is America's fastest growing wine club. If you want to stop just picking random bottles of wine off the shelf and have small batch wine sent directly to you, go to wineadam.com. They've got a cool story and you can learn more about it there. Today's guest is um, super cool because this is somebody, we went to college together we were out of touch for give or take 20, 25 years. And then through the power of social media, through the power of putting yourself out there and being out there, we reconnected over LinkedIn, over Facebook. And here we are literally 25 years later talking on this show about business. So one thing that's important is if you put yourself out there, you never know what will come back. If you don't, it's never gonna happen. And we'll dig in a little bit on that as well. Today's expert uh, has been committed to helping others live healthier and fuller lives. He's a captivating and dynamic speaker who's lauded for his importive, in, in, informative and interactive programs. And they're suitable for all ages and backgrounds, how to live a better life and how to be healthier. Dr. Brian Paris, I appreciate you being here, man. Thank you, sir. And it's awesome to, uh, to really reconnect in the way we've reconnected and just sit here and have a great conversation about where we came from and, and where we are now and where we're going. Yeah, exactly. And, and I appreciate you jumping on here. I had, I had sent out a, an email for a webinar I was doing probably 18 months ago, give or take. And Brian responded. It was like, whoa, what have you been up to for 25 years? And then we had a couple of phone calls and then it led to more phone calls. And here we are recording this episode. So I want to give a little bit of a sense uh, to the audience of, of where you came from. Like we, we went to school, I believe you were pre-med. We went to Emory University in Atlanta together back in the day. And now you have a multi-million dollar business and are forming several others. Where did you start though? Was, it, was this business and, and entrepreneurship something that you were thinking about in college? I think it started way before that. And, uh, you know, as I do more interviews and talk about business life, I look at my own upbringing and how I became an entrepreneur. I think it started with relationships and, um, and this is part of my evolution. And we'll dive into this a little, I'm sure, you know, developing emotional, uh, intelligence to be able to connect with people and see the best in them is where my heart lies. And I grew up in New Jersey and all I know is hustle from athletics to really shoveling driveways. And that's where it all started was every time it snowed, I was concerned about two things. One, playing snow football in the afternoon and two, waking up as early as possible and shoveling as many driveways as possible. And now that I can look at it from a larger context is solving people's problems for money. 
And that's, that's how I define an entrepreneur. And I ended up getting into healthcare because of my background in athletics. And now as I evolve through my career, it's more about connecting with people and creating uh, enduring relationships. That's awesome because um, so many people think it's about the thing, right? And, and it's not about the thing, whether you're a, a, a chiropractor, a wellness expert, a speaker, a coach, a, um, a consultant, all of the different things that you do, none of it's about that thing. I love that you said it's about the problem that somebody has and being rewarded financially for it and for solving it. Well, I think also what's very important, even for young people listening, like it's, I love the name of your podcast and the concept that you're getting an MBA through the streets. That's, that's, I've got an MBA through the streets from making legal mistakes to making uh, employee HR mistakes and, and learning all of those things. And I sit and talk with people who are getting MBAs. I'm like, wow, this is, you know, I, I, I just, I took it in the chin for a lot of these lessons. Um, but I, I think if you take it back to comparing knowledge and wisdom, Knowledge is important to get to wisdom, but they're two different things. It's like knowledge, yes, as a chiropractor, I had to be very, very skilled, I felt, to be the best. I think like my athletic prowess, my athletic drive wanted, like when I started studying chiropractic, I looked at it as, okay, I'm becoming a samurai. And what I thought was a samurai was the guy who had the best sword, right? The best sword skills, but it's really the, the I feel like the wisdom is when to use your sword. Um, I have a colleague or my business partner says, um, has taught me this analogy that um, knowledge is knowing that fruit is a tomato or a t excuse me, a tomato is a fruit and wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. So it's, it's like you could get as much knowledge as you can. And nowadays people just want knowledge, 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 information, 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 but how to apply that, when to apply it, when to not apply it, that's wisdom. Uh, so I think that there's a, a fair balance there. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, we, we went to a, a, a small liberal arts college that was built on information, mm -hmm. right? We, we, were, we weren't learning necessarily life skills in class. We learned them through other things that we did. And, and then you went on to, to University of Maryland and, and then to chiropractic school. So you, you had this knowledge base from a lot of different places. When did it begin to come together? Like when did some of those pieces of knowledge that you had begin to show themselves in your business? Was it immediately out of school? Did you start a business? No, I think it was actually in chiropractic school because um, as you know, my story, I went to Emory with you. Uh, we were fraternity brothers and you were a couple of years ahead of me. You didn't even know that I transferred uh, because I was, I was not disciplined enough to handle the rigors of school or handle myself as a human. So I had to, <laughs> I needed, I needed a restart. So, and I also needed better direction towards my career. So I transferred to University of Maryland and got a kinesiology degree, which is study of human movement. So for me to study biology, psychology, anthropology, those, those ologies, like those ologies didn't make sense for me. So when did it click? Um, hmm, that's a great question. <laughs> Moving knowledge to wisdom. Honestly, I don't think it clicked till my forties. <laughs> so I've, I've, I led my life with, you know, my ego and my drive. And it wasn't until my forties. And, and this is part of my evolution too, where I got a divorce and woke up. And I had some very important people in my life tell me some things about myself. I can't remember if it was an exact day, but as far as my business is concerned, my, my business partner was traveling here. I now have a business partner for 10 years. First uh, 10 years, I did not. So 
he was surveying the the social settings of people who knew about me as a as a business person a practitioner people were like i love this guy and i don't want to go back to him because of my passion and my intensity towards putting people through something that i knew they needed and they didn't want i wasn't paying attention to the market and what the market was asking for so it it, it forced me to really look inside myself to have to peel layers back to say, all right, you got to, you got to start connecting with people. And that's, that's always been what I've loved and just didn't understand how to package that for myself. No, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I think we all get, um, especially when we're passionate about a topic that we get very into it and we unload all of what we have in our heads. And, and I, I'm a victim of this as well. I'll meet people that have business problems, right? And I'm like, have you considered this and this and this, and they get a little overwhelmed and, and they have to take a step back. Did you see it in yourself, even in hindsight, maybe not at the time that it was happening, but when people told you about this, did you recognize it in yourself or was it kind of a shock? It was a little bit of a shock and a little bit of truth, you know, and it was like, yeah. okay, I've really got to face myself because I was the type of person who, and you know me when I was younger, I'm very energetic and I still am. And um, as I've aged, I've learned how to maintain and maximize my energy just from a health perspective. And, and, and that's very important for those, those of us who are entrepreneurs, it gets lonely up top and it gets friggin' tiring, you know, when you're hustling, you know, 20, 25, eight, you know, it's not, yeah. the hustle never stops when you're an entrepreneur and you're on your own business. So it's just, it's always a go time. So learning how to balance that. Um, I think I lost track of the question. Uh, can you, can you pull me back? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was, yeah. it was just about when, when, um, outside people started telling you about you Yeah, and, and how did you sort of reconcile that in your own head where you're like, Oh my God, I see it now. Or did that take a little bit of time for you to, um, to allow that understanding to happen? I think for me, with my intensity and passion for life and growth, it's that's just something I'm genetically coded for. I've always wanted to grow and challenge myself. When I was a kid, it was more from you know academics and sports. And as I've gotten older, even when I started in college at Emory, it was like, okay, I'm becoming much more introspective. And I don't necessarily want to get all my validation for life from the outside. I want to start learning what it's like on the inside. Now I've done a lot of therapy, a lot of self-growth, a lot of self-development now since then in the last 20 years. So yes, it kicked me in the shins. It kicked me in the teeth. It knocked me down. And also that drive and that fire on the inside said, okay, you got to face yourself and learn how to truly connect with people. Like I would, I would, someone would ask me a question and I would answer it for them or I would ask them a question and answer it for them. You know, so I, I yep. wasn't listening and I wasn't, I wasn't under seeking to understand others. I was just coming from my perspective and I just, I had to really slow down to say, Hey dude, you're talking about yourself constantly. Like it's time to actually connect with someone who listen to what they are saying and what they're asking for, what their needs are, what their desires are, what their fears are. And how do I create safety for that person? And a, and a, and a, I take this term from shamanism, like how am I a hollow bone? And I, I love that concept. Like how can I clear myself out so I can be truly present to help someone else? That's where I feel like the evolution is, is happening. No, and that's, I mean, it's really powerful. I'm almost, I'm rarely at a loss for words, but I, 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 I <laughs> um, 
All I, right. Yes. I very much love that. And, and as a health practitioner, that is probably transformative in your business because you actually got to hear more of the pains, more of the things people have gone through. Because when people come to you, it's, and, and I'm, I'm guessing, but I think I'm on the right track. It's rare. You're rarely their first stop. Yeah. Especially in the holistic world and how things are, are in our society. It's usually you go to your primary care physician or your orthopedic physician, and then you, and then you end up in my office. We, and I'm going to say this, we're, we're very good at what we do and we can talk about that. I'm not just saying that from an egotistical perspective, because I, I put the team together. So I'm only going to recruit and hire and train people who are getting good results and connecting. So it's really interesting because you look at practitioners, I look at a lot of young practitioners coming out. And again, it's like, okay, how much knowledge can I get? How much knowledge can I get? How much can I learn? And then forget about actually how, how important it is to connect to someone with a human level. And yep. I can speak to it because that's what I was. I became excellent at specific techniques and diagnosing an x-ray. And I, I, you know, x-rays and MRIs, they don't bleed. They're not human. They're yep. just a, they're a clinical tool. So if you, if you don't know, you know, and this, this will, this applies to every single business, right? Like an accountant or, or a, a coach, right? You can look at all these tactics of how you're speaking to people, how you're connecting with your employees, but if you don't look deep inside yourself and how you're being with people, you're never going to grow. No, it's an important point. And, and it's something that what you just said is true about a lot of different industries, being a practitioner and being great as a pr practitioner sometimes makes it really hard to build a business around it. You can build a practice because you can bring in clients and then you can serve them all day, but building a business around it where now you're trying to trust others to have the same knowledge base, the same um, desires, the same success levels that you have. How did you transform from you being great and serving clients and making them better to trusting, hiring and trusting other people to do it on your behalf. Right, and then like with uh, Kiyosaki's work, right, or the E-Myth, uh, sorry, not Kiyosaki, but um, the E-Myth the e work where you talk about a sole proprietorship versus a true business, right? Yep. So um, as a practitioner, most practitioners of your healthcare, um, man or woman out there listening to this, it's, you know, you, you know the grind, like you're taking the garbage out, you're, you're doing the clinical service, you're doing the marketing, you're doing the public speaking, you're running the front desk, you're doing all that, that sole proprietorship. So I feel the first step, was that I had to own every position in the office and understand it. And even if I didn't serve that role, I had to first learn it before I could delegate it. Now, this whole unwinding of turning from a sole proprietorship to a business owner, it's, that's exactly what it is. I've, I've like uh, looked at my, uh, the DNA of my business and I've unwinded it and had to turn me into two to three people. Right. So my skill set was from an administrative side and from a clinical side. I had to understand both of those to come to get to a certain point. Then I was like, man, I got to, I was about to curse, but I, I, I held back. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know if this is a curse, a curse friendly one, but I will hold back. So I had to replace myself with an excellent clinician and then an excellent administrator. So, and, and now I see my job as a leader to create them as leaders. Uh, so do I have an exact step-by-step -step process? I think owning the position, breaking it down into doing this and being this or strategy and tactics, being able to teach people 
how to look at something from a 10,000 foot view and then also be on the field. So I always use the analogy of like being in the stadium, right? So you can either be on the field in a game or you can be in the press box or in the coach's box watching the game. Or you can be an owner of the team, which is, you know, he's sitting in, in Miami just collecting his moolah from the, from the team. A lot of them are very active, though. So, um, <laughs> but I use that analogy all the time. Um, you know, one, one, one tactic also for me that's been useful is mind mapping versus outlines. Like in, in our age range, we're in our 40s, so we were taught everything has to happen in this linear thing. Um, I don't know if those of you listening will see behind me, but I have mind maps all over my wall because things are occurring at the same time all the time. You know, I have medical services, chiropractic services, physical therapy services, acupuncture services, all under one roof. And it's not like, oh, I'm gonna get this today, I'm gonna get that today. This is a, an entirely integrated system. So it's like, I've got multiple things going on at the same time. I, I think my personality suit, suited that because I'm ADD, if you wanna give me a diagnosis, and it allowed me to say, okay, I can, I can put some awareness on all of these things. And then now I've developed people in each one of those divisions. So I think it's understanding the framework uh, defining the responsibilities and duties. And then all the while we're still teaching beingness, so to speak. Uh, meaning like, how do you relate to humans while you're also doing your job? So holding both of those spaces on a consistent basis is how I've been able to go from a sole proprietor to a business. And, and now that business does what two, two and a half million in revenue, recurring. And I've got a, a, another business question. Then I want to jump to some of the things that you're doing outside of the business that we can learn from. But one of the, um, one of the challenges in, in any business is um, sort of outliving your clients, meaning you do what your clients need and now they don't necessarily need you anymore. In traditional Western medicine, in especially the United States healthcare system, people are patients of their doctors, sometimes for life. It's kind of built that way through medications and through treatment versus solving. You've built a business around solving, so your clients don't necessarily always need you for life. How did you build a business where you need to make people better, and you need to get new clients because when your people are better, they're grateful, they'll thank, they're thankful, they'll refer people to you, but they don't necessarily need you. How do you think about growing a business in that way? Well, I define the difference between, uh, and this is from a business concept uh, or, or perspective, that a customer is a, from a transactional basis, right? You go, to, you go to McDonald's, you buy a hamburger, and you're a customer, and then you're done with your transaction. You may or may not go back. Um, a client is someone that is developed over a lifetime. And, and if you break down what a client is, it's building a relationship. It's understanding what that person needs and also understanding what they're scared of. So when I meet someone, I say, okay, what got you to this place? Where are you now? Where would you like to be in the future? And depending on how old that person is, that depends on you know their, their vision for the future will change. So my job uh, from relationship building we have several uh, things that we use. One is called the five lanes of connection. So we use that with all of our team members. They study certain ways to build rapport quickly and learn how to listen and understand people so that their experience and our focus, our mission is creating a wow, a wow experience that inspires people to improve their health and well-being. So every time they come in, I want them to have, a, like they walk back and say, wow, what the hell are you guys doing? Literally, that was the most common word when we were developing this mission statement. It was people walk into our office like, wow, it feels good in here. And it's not just the things, it's 
It's the little things that you see, feel, actually smell, right? So we pay attention to all of those senses so that you have a sensory experience that you're not even aware of that creates a wow on the inside and we're getting great results to improve your health and well-being. So a lot of people will come in for a specific injury and through herd development or my, my people, my tribe, my tribe is, you know, we're constantly educating and being on the top of consciousness for injuries and pain. So when someone who has come into this office for some kind of injury or pain, they then will be on my broadcast email list and in my social media platform so that we can constantly communicate and educate and be a resource for them to make a decision when they get in pain or their kid gets in pain. So I have a lot of clients now who have been around for 20 years and now their kids come in. So it's, it's amazing. And, and, and that's what I love is really like our practice year after year after year where, you know, I break down the statistics of, of how new patients find our office and over it's, you know, we're over 50% on a consistent basis. We don't, as a chiropractor, I was trained to go direct to consumer. I wasn't trained to go to doctors. Now I've done that part. We can talk about that in marketing stuff and how I break it down, but I've always gone to the community not to doctors and count on them for referring people to me. I've gone to people and created relationships with people based on the services that I initially provided and now that my team provides. We're talking to Dr. Brian Paris on the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. And, and Brian, I want to switch gears a little bit because as a successful business owner, especially in, in, in a field like chiropractic, like chiropractic, others have seen your success and others have come to you and sought your wisdom, sought your counsel on, all right, what did you do? What can I learn from you? How did that transition, and now you're, you're um, in the midst of launching the consulting side of your business and the speaking side, how did that transition happen where people started saying, hey, Brian, I want to learn from you? I think it started with, because I've, I've been involved with public speaking since I was probably... I guess when I was doing plays when I was in grammar school, like that was part of the school. It's not part of school anymore. So I'm glad that it was because it helped me develop that side. And it's, it's funny because, you know, as I started getting into sports, I was like, oh, I can't do the play anymore. I got to do sports. And that was a decision I made. But now as I've aged, I'm starting to do acting classes and public speaking. So in sixth grade, I started running for student government. That got my dad pushed me to that. So I've always been public speaking. And that helped, you know, it helped probably validate something inside that I needed people paying attention to me, right? So if psychologists are listening, they can break that down for me as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think that was the first piece was I felt that it was, I just felt like I, I wanted to share my passion and my, my knowledge, which eventually became wisdom to connect with an audience. Because usually, and I used to just teach. And I started in chiropractic school. I was very passionate about the work I was doing. So I taught my fellow students. Um, became a guest instructor in my chiropractic college. So uh, um, there was a, a specific group and technique that I became part of that just, that was how I trained as a chiropractor. So, uh, and then I just started talking about general health and wellness topics because chiropractic got boring. Posture was cool, but then everything else became an impact. And as I was out in my community, I started doing more and more public speaking because I like it. And I felt that I could impact the audience and it also helped people come into my office. Now that that's only been one piece of how people have found out about our, myself and, and our facilities. And then um, the internet came around and, and it's a whole, <laughs> it's a whole new world. If you're not marketing on the internet, you're not, you're, 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 you're lost. 
That's, that's a loss. If you're in business and you're an entrepreneur and you're, you're moving products or services, you need to be, you need to be connected socially. You need to be marketing on the internet, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's through paid advertising, whether it's through search engine optimization. So now my passion to help people is, has, has stepped up to 30,000 feet to say, I want to help people who help people. I want to use what I've experienced and seen success with to create less of a brick and mortar business and more of a virtual business that can help healthcare practitioners help more people. And I feel like I can help. And that's really why I wanted to keep growing. I was like, okay, I can only help so many people with my two hands. Now I need to hire more people because I want to help more people. And now I want to help more people, help more people and just kind of grow this, this tribe that keeps expanding. Uh, so I've gotten into, uh, mastering search engine optimization and create a consulting company around there that also teaches people how to answer phones, uh, manage their, their employees. Uh, so all this is forming as we speak now, which is what got us together here. Yeah. And it's, um, th that evolution within yourself, I can see it when you're, when you're talking, not everyone, if you're not watching it on YouTube, you can't see it, but you can sort of see within him, he sort of rises up as he starts to talk about helping more and more people. And speaking is part of it, but being a, a personal brand, and this is something you and I talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago when we got on the phone, you got your business brand and that's something that hopefully people begin, you know, learn, they know it in your community and they, and they know the company, but, but the personal brand and how, you know, Brian can help other people is an entirely different thing. And some people kind of hold back. Maybe they're a little nervous about it. Maybe they don't want to put themselves out there. You've never had a problem with that in putting yourself out there, just in your personality. But how did you, um, how did you raise your comfort level to do it in the business perspective? Well, I, I really appreciate you saying that because I feel like I barely stepped out there. You know, compared to what people are doing on social media and where I'm heading towards, I'm not even close to being there yet. I've just kind of, I've just scratched the surface. Uh, but I think it comes back to that those days as a sole proprietor sitting in a hundred square foot office in the back of a gym where I started my practice, knowing that like whatever fear that I felt on the inside, I use that to say, get on your feet and burn the rubber off your shoes and go talk to people, just share your passion. And um, that I'm applying that same concept and I'm, I'm doing it a little I would say a little more mature, a little smoother. Like I, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to, like my passion will show through my wisdom and experience and success with other clients. So I'm taking a much more reserved perspective with this consulting, meaning that like, I don't want everyone as a client. That was different. Like I, I, I wanted to help anyone with a, with a spine when I was right. adjusting people, but now I only want to work with people who, uh, want to, who are at a certain level and really want to level up and, and use the wisdom that I've um, attained to then, you know, grow to the next phase. Um, so that's, it's a different, it's a different way. And it's the way of like, you know, just sitting back and breathing more. And all of that comes with all the work I've done on myself to be a better human. Exactly. And, 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 and you've done that and you've, and you're, you're open about it with, which I, I really appreciate. Now, one of the things when we talk about marketing, and, and I always like to bring it back to your marketing, not marketing in general, but your marketing. And, and you do a social media marketing. You said you've got to be on social media, right? When you look at social media and, and you, you mind map out what you're doing, 
how did you begin to choose sort of the, the different channels or the different boxes within social media that you wanted to, to utilize, whether it's SEO versus uh, some of the live speaking. If you go to um, Brian's LinkedIn, there's a lot of sort of live talks that he does um, that are on his LinkedIn profile that you can see. But how did you begin to choose the different avenues? Um, well, I first had, I think the, the most important thing when you talk about marketing is statistics. And if, you, if you're not going to measure it, you're never going to be able to grow it. So whoever's out there, if you guys are new in business or you're struggling with getting new clients, you have to put the framework in to find out where your people are coming from because then you know what to spend money on and what not to spend money on. And where, so for many years, I just threw it against the wall and whatever stuck, I kept doing and I wasn't tracking it. Now I know exactly how many phone calls I get per week, where they're coming from. Um, and, and I've made it as granular as possible and delegated people to do that so that I could just look at it from a, you know, from a, a, a C level, right. Or an executive level. So I can just look at these statistics, statistics quickly on a, on a weekly basis. Okay. Here's where people are coming from. Here's where we need to put more of our dollars. Um, when it comes to marketing, I think you need to look at, um, we, I, I'm not going to say we, you, whatever it is, you have to look at all those. I I've, I've delineated different types. You have search engine optimization is its own animal. Right. So you want to people organically be able to find you. And there, there are certain aspects to that uh, that allow you to be more successful and get on the top of the page. There's social media branding, which is either your company or yourself using, you know, whether it's TikTok, Facebook, um, Instagram, all those things, depending on your market is what I suggest you use. You know, for me, uh, Facebook is more of my audience for my office here. LinkedIn is more of my audience for consulting. So I'm, I'm pushing those avenues and, and building from that direction. Um, we also have a boots on the ground program, which I call it. So it's, I have um, team members who are out in the field connecting with uh, doctors, lawyers, um, personal trainers, community people. Um, what other aspects are there? I probably have it on board to my left or my right. <laughs> and, then, and then there's reactivation. And I think react, and, it, and it's communicating with your existing client base. Um, on a consistent basis and always having the ability to reactivate clients so that once, you know, they forget about you, but then when their ankle hurts, you know, when someone says, Oh, I went to this other guy with my ankle. I was like, he came to me 10 years ago. Why don't you come back? And I have to look inside myself and say, okay, where did I not communicate about ankle pain? So when I started my practice, it was chiropractor only. I only dealt with spines. Right. But now I have physical therapy, medical services. So I want people to constantly know what we're doing and also giving out content that will help them improve their lives and tying it all back into this practice. Yeah, definitely. And you can get, you can uh, get a lot of his content, learn more about Brian at drbrianparis.com. Um, last question for me, I appreciate just your openness and, and the knowledge that you've given us in this conversation and the wisdom in addition to the knowledge that you've given us. You know, if, if you look back to when you started the business, because we have a lot of sole practitioners that listen to the show, whether they're um, advisors, accountants, therapists, they're, they're doing their thing. If you look back, is there, and it's an impossible question, but are there one or two things that if you knew then would have sprung you forward faster? Yes. A couple things. Um, dreams are, dreams are free and hustle <laughs> costs money. Um, so you're going to figure out how to, how to maintain hustle. Um, taking ideas and being able to execute. So being able to separate those and, and really say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to create ideas here 
and then organize yourself so that you can actually have action steps and execute. Um, emotional awareness, emotional intelligence. I think working on yourself is extremely, extremely important. Like understanding how you relate to other people, how people see you in the world. And if there are ways that are causing rifts in relationships, how do you, how do you improve yourself so that you can relate to other people better and understand them? Um, focus more on listening, focus more on understanding people versus being understood. Um, those are some of the tips and, um, get sleep, hydrate, eat well, <laughs> exercise. All those things are, are a huge piece of, of being a sole practitioner and, and getting out there and, and really, um, treat your business as though it's already where you want it to be. So get yourself organized, get statistics, get training manuals set up videotape yourself, do webinars for yourself to explain processes that you've created so that when it comes time to hire employees, you have training mechanisms already set. Um, that's what I would like to have done. And again, I can't keep, I can't like go find a therapist or a coach like yourself, someone who can help you see the things you can't see that can help you move outside of those blind spots and be open to actually learning about yourself so you can relate to other people better. That's a perfect way to wrap up. And that, that last three minutes for everyone who's listening, listen to that over and over and over again, because he just outlined how to build a business in three minutes. Brian, I appreciate reconnecting with you. I appreciate the knowledge and wisdom. And most of all, I just appreciate your time being on today. Likewise. And I'm going to call you Adam and not your, not your fraternity name. So. <laughs> but thank you so much. It's been awesome just to chat and reconnect and, and God bless social media for us to be able to like reconnect And 25 years seemed like a, like a, like a minute. It's insane. So thank you. Exactly. You got it. And thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the entrepreneurs MBA podcast. You've been listening to the entrepreneurs MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.